You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Tally ho! Alan Seiler. What was that? <laughs> Tally ho! Once more to the breach! And Veronica there you Castle. Go. <laughs> what? Trilene! Once more to the breach! That was, that's going to be, that was my thing. It's, it's from a band, The oh, Loggles. Okay. That's the thing yeah. I think. Tally Ho. His was from Star Trek. What? No. <laughs> it was not. He said Tally Ho, and I thought of the Woggles. Yeah, the Woggles do have a song called Tally Ho, but I think the I Squire Bothos beat them to it. That's it. <laughs> All right, we've got some news this week. Oh, my gosh. Do we have some news this week? Reportedly, and as far as I've seen so far, this is neither confirmed by Shatner himself or by... Um, Jeff Bezos's company, Blue Origin, but reportedly Shatner is due to become the oldest human ever to travel in space. 90 wow. years old. He's going to be going on the next Blue Origin launch. Awesome. It, it will it, be the least, the least strenuous thing he does that week. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> wow. Agreed. He's always like involved with horses or working. Yep. Like that yeah. doesn't slow down. Yeah, Absolutely. that's true. But none of those things have G-force. That's true. <laughs> if it's a lot of pressure to put on a 90 year old body yeah yeah well if it's blue origin they're going to go what 60 miles or something like that so they won't get up say the space station right right no no yeah the space no. station is more like 300 miles i think yeah and then but they're crossing the carmen line uh -huh. uh, which I, i'm doing this from memory now but i think it's 60 miles up is officially space right and then they go like 66 miles so it's like meeting the legal requirement of being in space but you know right yeah but, but, i mean he can still say he's Absolutely. been in space that's true yeah and I'm, I'm sure that's all this is about yes yeah yeah it, it, it's it's cool i'd love to say i went to space yeah heck yes i think it's amazing i remember i remember years ago when the late john glenn went back up into space yeah and, yeah gosh he was in the 70s or something like that maybe he was yeah 70s i think it's i think it's really awesome that, that chatner's doing that yeah and then in the the first um blue origin launch they had wally funk on board who was she was a, a an astronaut candidate back in the 60s mm -hmm. a woman obviously but um then they cut that program and so she never yep. got to go uh, so you know it's, it, it's promotion but it's fun promotion yeah absolutely Absolutely. So in other Shatner news, and this is also not Trek related, but it is certainly Trek adjacent. Sure. Um, way back in 1989, um, Mr. Shatner launched a novel series called Tech War. Tech War. Um, nine novels be uh, released between 89 and 98. And it was turned into a two season live action television series mm -hmm. that starred uh bj but not the bear ah uh, greg, <laughs> evigan, right? greg evigan right on greg evigan, yes and My so two yeah and so shatner is now partnering with uh pure imagination studios and they're going to be developing an animated series for adults based on the tech war novels which i'm totally excited about 
Me too. Veronica, do you know BJ and the Bear? No. It was a it was a television series. So Greg Evigan played a truck driver, and he had a his little whatever mascot or a traveling partner was a chimp named Bear. And the name of the show was BJ and the Bear. It had a really ho- horrible opening song. It would go something like, "I'm BJ McKay, and this is my best friend Bear." And it was horrible. <laughs> and I watched. Oh every my episode. gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. And I watched every episode. <laughs> I know of BJ and the Bear, but that was a little before my time. I did collect the Technobore novels, though, and I watched the yeah, Technobore series, and I liked it a lot. I remember watching the series, but I don't remember anything really about it. There, I know there was a, he was a detective, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And there was a like a, a police dude or an ex-police dude with him. Well, there was right. one, yeah, one that was a robot and one that was a human. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I was annoyed at the time because on the in the novels, well, on the cover of the novels, the robot was silver, had still like silver looking right. metallic skin. And then I remember that, yeah, an android on the show, which is a letdown. But you know, I was always annoyed by the fact that rather than writing a Trek novel, he he wrote a series called Tech. Well, he did both. T T. Oh, yeah, that's true, but not at first. T E K, and it's like, how can I make it sound like Star Trek without it saying Star Trek? And I think we should be uh, using air quotes when we say that he wrote these novels. Oh, well, well I mean, I think everyone <laughs> understands that. Right. <laughs> but just in so, case not. <laughs> so was one of the detectives or whatever human one was an android? Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, what's interesting because, yeah, well, that's that's not exactly a new concept. Did y'all ever see the television movie? I think it was called The Questor Tapes. About uh, yeah. Com- yeah, I have that on bootleg DVD. There you of go. Course you do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are a fan. Written by Gene Roddenberry, correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then a few years ago, completely unrelated, but there was a show called Almost Human that had Carl Urban and a guy yep. that was so you know, the reason I'm saying all this is Alan is actually I liked the Quester tapes and I I loved Almost Human. I never really watched Quest War, but I mean Tech War, but I um I I have some good hopes for it, especially nowadays with the return of science fiction everywhere and Star Trek. I can see I could see it being actually really good. So oh, yeah. that that's that's good news to me. Yeah. Right. Um, and this the series that they're developing is going mm-hmm. to include an audience engagement experience through an Mm -hmm. app or whatever content that can be downloaded to your mobile device. So there will be some interaction with the audience. Now, do you remember that show um, Defiant? Yeah, Uh, Yeah. it was on Sci-Fi Channel about four, five or six or seven years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love it. And I did, too. I thought it was great. And they tried that with like a gaming platform and like a mobile app platform and all this different way that you could interact with and uh, in some small way, influence the what you saw on the television show, right. yeah. and that sadly only lasted two seasons. Such a great show and such a great concept. Awesome show. Yeah. I miss it. I still miss it. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that you're going to have a whole lot of interactivity with no. an animated series. No, exactly. <laughs> Give us eight months, and we're going to react to what you did on your phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go make this show. <laughs> and then one last. News item that I saw this week is uh, Terry Metalis has um, revealed some new photographs from uh, onset of Star Trek Picard season three. Yeah, um, it's a couple of like close ups and it's very clearly an L cars uh, display of a Federation starship, which seems to say that we might be getting a new like major ship for season three. Oh, yeah. For Picard. And he's had a few things on there. So there's like yep. some 
some cutlery that's sort of reminiscent of uh, the undiscovered country. Right. And uh, a bosun whistle. I'm just happy for there to be things that look like Star Trek in the show. So exactly. <laughs> um, there was there was a, a new. Um, uh, what do you call the thing? The a hypo. 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 A new new hypo prop with uh, yeah. the different little inserts of all different colors. Yeah, I thought that was pretty very cool. McCoyish. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm, I mean, I, I like uh, a lot of what Picard has done. I it they've sort of gone out of their way not to look too much like Star Trek in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to have those elements in there. I don't I wouldn't want it to just become, you know, like a nostalgia fest, but right. I'm I'm happy for it to be a, to be a starship in, in Star Trek. That'd be great. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> and Veronica, you had some news, right? Yeah, not exactly news. But more of a don't forget this because you will want your very own little Cerritos on your tree for the holiday season. Because what is December if nothing but um, a tree with little tiny spaceships on it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So there's been some Trek stuff out already with Hallmark, uh, but they're releasing the Cerritos. It goes on sale on the 16th. 16th of October? October. Yes. That's really exciting. Yeah, it is. I'm sure I will be picking that up. Yes, we, we definitely will. We, we have a dedicated. Oh, I know you will. Yeah, we have I a mean, dedicated you have this whole tree, tree that's yeah. nothing but Star yeah, Trek stuff. We have stuff. A, a black tree with white lights, but it looks like space. <laughs> it's just, just chips. <laughs> with Do the Enterprise a... tree topper. Exactly. Do y'all have an ornament or toy that looks like the Enterprise from Cat's Paw, where she had <laughs> the. She, remember, she produced the little thing and she encased yeah. it in a crystal yeah. cube. Yeah, we don't. I'd love to have that with Hallmark has not made that yet. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, but you, could, you can put that together. Yeah. yeah, if I have those kind of skills, <laughs> which I don't, unfortunately. And also, uh, Lakeshore Records has announced that the Lower Decks Volume 1 soundtrack is going to be released this Friday, October 8th, digitally. So that's something to look forward to. It looks like from the track listing, it includes tracks from both Season 2 and Season 1. And I say it in that order because in the track listing, it, it looks like mm. it's Season 2 tracks and then Season 1 tracks. But, mm. I mean, they've got 53 tracks listed here, all uh, oh, not, not, not terribly long tracks, you know, a minute and a mm-hmm. half. To, you know, they're they're tracks from the cartoon, but um, exciting. I love the music in Lower Decks. I'm, I I'm do too. Excited they're finally getting a, a soundtrack release. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I need a uh, vinyl press, um, and I need it to be shaped like the Cerritos. Shaped like the Cerritos. Shaped like the Cerritos. Okay. And because they already did one that was shaped like the. I know, but okay. They'll. Or just put the Cerritos on it, and then I'm good. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's fine as well. I'll accept out that. Of, out of all of the, well, of the modern uh, CBS slash Paramount Plus shows that we've gotten so far, it is by far my favorite theme song. Oh, yeah. Like, by far. And the music's great across the board on the show. It is. I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. There's, there's little nods to other Star Trek music mm. you know you'll get uh, like a little bit of the fight music but not right just they don't he doesn't just ape it it's not you know it's it puts in little flourishes here and there but i right. think they do a great job with it absolutely i love it you know, you know to your point alan i just realized that's the only theme song i can recall off the top of my head <laughs> that's that's exactly <laughs> it like <laughs> I, I watched i watched two entire seasons of discovery and still wasn't able to tell someone what the theme song <laughs> sounded like the only wow. distinctive part was at the end when it does the alex courage uh yeah. fanfare that's yes. it that's the only thing that yeah. stuck in my head that's and because like, it sounds like westworld <laughs> oh okay it looks like westworld <laughs> hmm. just saying yeah <laughs> and the picard one i i can i can I, I know the sound of the 
the piccolo, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but yeah. I can't tell you what the melody is. Mm-mm. I mean, I kind of can. I can recall yeah. it better than I can Discovery. No. Actually, I can recall like, Discovery. But I can I can sing the the uh, the lower decks theme. I mean, once I watch an episode on Thursday, it is stuck in my head the entire day. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it yeah. also has some visual clues because I, I I I can clearly remember how the music sounds and that stupid space squid thing is sucking on the ship as it's getting away. So I can remember all, I, there's a lot of visual cues. Yeah, I can uh, make me I know the soundtrack. You're right. That's so funny you say that. I have to dig to think of the other theme songs. Mm-hmm. One thing I think they do a great job with on the show too is that the music doesn't know it's a comedy. The music just <laughs> right. plays like it's a straight Star Trek. Yeah, exactly right. You it's don't get treated- the like womp womp womp. You know. It, it's- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right, absolutely. Yeah. You don't get Finnegan's theme a lot. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps it up for the news. All right, so Keith, did you have some This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, I have just a couple of birthdays and events. Uh, I'll do birthdays first, and about about three or four of them. I'll go backwards in time. And this is This Week in Trek, because if I did one day, that wouldn't be a whole lot of stuff. (laughs) September 27th, way back in 1932, well, I've skipped one. Let me back up. Sorry. September 28th. <laughs> here we go. 1923. Uh, you might remember him as uh, he played a guy on uh, Murder, She Wrote. He was a good friend of Jessica's. And no. he is most famous for the, the, seri- the serious funny line. It was, but not anymore. Hey, that's a dramatic line. <laughs> yeah, so many people crack up at it. <laughs> now, of course, was the late William Wyndham, mm-hmm. Commander Decker, from the classic episode, The Doomsday Machine. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I hate yeah. to correct you, but he is Commodore Decker. Commodore, That's what right. did I say? <laughs> you said Commander <laughs> Decker. Oh, sorry, Commander Decker. Man, right. you demoted him. I know, time. right? <laughs> and was it ever really established that he was the father of Decker from the movie? Uh, not, not on screen. Ah, did everybody kind of assume that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great actor. He did so much. Like so many people from the 20s, he did so much stuff. That's for us, that's his most memorable role. And I just love him. That's one that's always in the top five Star Trek episodes, the original series. Oh, yeah. Moving forward, September 27th, 1932. Um, another one of my favorite characters. And let me think of something. Let's see something he said. Uh, oh, uh, you are part Vulcanian, aren't you? Oh, man. <laughs> you know who that is. Oh, is that not yep. your favorite, Alan? What's that? I said, is that one of your favorite characters or no? It's not. No, it's just one of the funniest lines because <laughs> yeah. I haven't figured out what to call Spock and his people yet. Exactly. You know who it is, Veronica? We watched that not too long ago. Uh, no. <laughs> he, says, hey, he says, you're part Vulcanian, aren't you? And Spock goes, mm. And then he says, ah, then a pretty face doesn't affect you, That the, does it? That is not unless you want it to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come on, Veronica, you can do it. Nope. <laughs> there were some. There were some ladies I, on the turtle left with Spock. Okay, sure. Okay, uh, Mud. That is the the person we're talking about is Roger C. Carmel, who played Harry Mud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now that you, as soon as you said Mud, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah. <laughs> you have to give me like better cues. I can't remember <laughs> lines. I need. I need a visual that is in my head. 
I don't know, Charles, Charles and Alan are kind of like me. I can like say like two seconds. And they're like, oh, I know what episode that is. <laughs> I had William Wyndham when you said Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> I, know, right? I didn't have that. I did not have that one. <laughs> and to, to offer my unsolicited opinion, still the better of the two Harry Muds. I'm still struggling with the new Harry Mud, but that's just me. I, I don't like that psychopath murderer that we have now. I like the original goofy guy with the pirate hat. <laughs> well, I don't like either one of them. So there you go. Uh, no, I remember, right? <laughs> 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 okay, moving forward in time. This is too easy. Uh, Veronica, you'll get this. October 2nd, 1948. Hawk, Spencer for Hire. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, come on. You had so much faith in Veronica and she's letting you down. Wait, you said Hawk. Is that Cisco? Yes. That's hey! it. Yay. Avery Brooks. There you go. He was born this week, uh, October 2nd, 1948. The um, talented actor, professor of music at Rutgers University. Just there's just a, just a lot you can say about him. Also, one of the oddest people to ever be in Star Trek. If anybody's yeah. ever seen him. He is. A, I had to. I had to. I've seen him. I guess I know you guys have too. I've seen him at Dragon Con a couple of times, and I've seen. I saw an interview with him. It might have been for the 20th anniversary of D, D Space Nine, and that was one of the last times I saw the entire cast together, including him. And he was just talking, and he was just saying all this stuff, and he would go, hmm. hmm he would just do like this mm-hmm. and all the other cast you could tell they were trying not to laugh but i think that's just his personality he's yeah. a peculiar dude but he also he can't be bothered to hold the microphone he just that's lays right. it nope. on the table that's right and yep. hopes that it picks up his voice and of course he has a very <laughs> booming voice yeah yes. so you know but i was like that's just crazy yeah, yeah. right just, when we when we saw him at dragon con that was no, before you saw that DS9? was before because yeah. i remember later um because um Esri was there why well, i'm not remembering her name but nicole, she, w- she nicole was nicole devore yeah so she was there and she was talking about how she came in late and um i remember her talking about how they were trying to have her tra- uh, transport in and then jump while she's transporting and she was like no you can't do that you you're stuck in place until you're fully transported and then you can move <laughs> and i had at this point i hadn't seen I mean, I'd seen DS9, so I sort of kind of knew it, but I didn't know the characters at all. Like, I'd just seen a couple of episodes, and they haven't been back. One real quick anecdote, just a few years ago, at least last time I saw Avery Brooks at the DS9 panel, one of the question, one of the people in the audience, the question they asked was, what is the worst episode, or your least favorite episode you've ever done? And I don't know where Avery, what the other ones are thinking, all of a sudden Avery Brooks starts going, Al Moraine, one, two, three, Al Moraine, <laughs> yes! blah, blah. And he just started singing and everybody died laughing. That was, of course, Move Along Home, which is considered possibly the worst episode of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> That's debatable, but I, I can see why people think that. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. it. Right. Okay, moving on. Also on the same date, no longer with us, sadly, but born on October 2nd, 1948, was the late Persis Kambata. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You recognize her, Veronica? And we don't want to start picking on you, Veronica. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, I don't know. I think this is the most fun segment of the show. Seeing what Veronica recognizes and remembers. Recognizes even the name of the real name of a character. Oh, we got a segment. What does Veronica know? What does Veronica (laughs) recognize? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. We can do this. Okay. Excellent. Um, We were just talking about Decker. Think. Commander Decker from Star Trek the Motion Picture. Love she was bald. Bald. Oh. I mean, I, I I can picture the person. Yeah. She's that's all the, you need. She's the one that goes to V'ger or something. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's I'll, I'll right. She's I'll right. Yeah. I loved and her I, name. I thought she had such an amazing name. She's Delton. 
Exactly. And a very interesting thing about her, she was from a race where I think it was, was it their pheromones were so intense? That's right. That people had just take a, to... take a vow of celibacy. Exactly. <laughs> Which was really wild. Yeah. yeah. That's Star Trek growing up and becoming an adult show. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Just a couple of more here because I don't want to take too much time. October 1st, 1950. I cannot pronounce this last name. So forgive me, forgive me, but it's Natalia Nogolic. No, no, no okay. Yeah, I, she was. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, 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 I was just going to quiz Veronica on that okay. one. Okay. I can't even think of an okay. example for that one. Okay. Quiz me. It, that one, Alan? It's, uh, well, she she was a recurring character. Well, the character was recurring on Next Generation. She outranked Picard. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral She's something. Admiral Necheyev. Yep. That's it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if she outranks Picard, usually the only person he sees is a commander. Right. Exactly. So, or admiral. So, yeah. right. She was the one, Veronica, you might remember, one that she's probably most notable for when um, she met Picard later on. She dressed him down for not using Hugh to kill the Borg. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, yeah, that's true. He, he tried to explain to her why. And she's like, basically, I don't want to hear it. Next time you get a chance, you kill them all. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's really popular on the set because she's not. Really, what people call the so-called bad moral, which is the admirals that people hate, she doesn't really fall into that category. So, um, she is um, she's really considered. People really like her, and I hear that people people um, she gets a lot of fans at conventions. Mm. Um, one more, um, which is interesting, talking about strong women. October first, nineteen sixty. Let me think about this. Okay, the only reason you keep turning down command after command is because you're afraid to make big decisions. This is why you stand in the shadow of a great man like Captain Picard. Boy, you quoted that just like right off. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Because I'm sure you planned it. So, <laughs> <laughs> ring a bell, Veronica. Yeah, I mean, I remember the quote. Yeah, she was recently on Lower Decks. Yeah, we yes. saw her. Yeah, non-speaking. Yeah, she's a captain now. She's the daughter of a famous actor in real yep. life, which helps you a whole lot. Nope. Yep. Blonde hair. <laughs> I mean, I assume she was like the blonde captain in the 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 only female captain that was in the the bar. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Think, sure, think the Borg. Yep. Think the Borg. She was not the Borg queen. Right. Uh, that was going to be like, oh, there had been multiple people to play the Borg queen. There you All go. Right. right. <laughs> I have we'll no idea. You. It was Commander Shelby. Yep. Oh, okay. Now Captain Shelby from uh, Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then recently Lower Decks. Yeah. Okay. I loved her. Me yeah. too. Another I good loved one. Shelby. I, I think everyone loved her. I mean, yeah. is there anybody who, like, I don't know if there's help Shelby haters out there. If there <laughs> are, I haven't, I haven't found them. <laughs> well, okay, if there are, they're wrong. Right. I agree. And that's all the birthdays and just two events this week. And I think Charles posted about one of them I wanted to mention. Um, it was in this week, September 28th, 1987, that Encounter in Fairpoint aired. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek, yeah. the next generation got off with a episode that eh, some people liked, some people didn't. Um, some people were like, oh, is this going to be any good? But that started it all. And I read a quote today. I was looking this up and they were talking about, forget the name of the gentleman, but the guy who was um, in charge of NBC uh, even 15 years ago said, my God, most shows last about three years. And this thing is still going on after decades and decades. And they were, they're just, to this day, they're stunned at Star Trek's staying power. Even now, like the resurgence that we're all talking about now, there were a whole bunch of doubters even then. They, they keep thinking you can't capture lightning twice or capture the, you know, in a bottle twice. And it just keeps on going, which I think is absolutely fantastic. 
yeah. I guess we all think that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, here and we are doing a Trek podcast. So it's an amazing thing too. You think about how many shows you can do in the, the next generation that are not terrible, like the bonanza of the next generation or, you know, whatever, <laughs> but exactly. But with Star Trek, the next generation, it actually worked. They actually yeah. figured it out. I agree. It, and the last it took them a couple of seasons, but they figured it out. Yeah. And the last one is on September 26, 2001, um, Enterprise premiered. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which yeah. is a series I still love, and I wish it could come back, but I know that's that's a foregone. That's never going to happen. Right. But um, another good one. Um, I'd love to see Archer and some of the crew come back. But who knows? I mean, I don't know how anything works anymore. <laughs> Things are coming back that I never would have guessed. So there's right. a, a Boba Fett right. series yeah, starting this year. Yeah. Who knows? We were just talking the other day about there's a talk about Quantum Leap reboot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who was Scott Bakula talking to? He was on the. Um, oh, what podcast was he on? Um, oh, yeah. I dude from that. Full House, whose name I just blanked on. Oh, um, uh, ooh. I can picture Saget? his fate. Yeah, yes. he was on Bob Saget's podcast. Okay. And they had a long, like an hour and a half talk. It was covered in Quantum Leap and Star Trek and a lot of things. It was mm. pretty interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. That's all the news and birthdays. Uh, I'm sorry, history and birthdays this week in Trek. Okay. We had a little bit of feedback. We got another email from our buddy Bill. Yeah. Emails us from time to time. Um, he says, Hi, Trekkers. I still smile big as soon as I hear the first notes of your opening theme. You have been a pleasant surprise with so much Star Trek content behind paywalls. I can't yet scale. I really expected your podcast to leave me sad. Instead, you make me smile and even LOL. Yay. And then he goes on to say uh, GOG stands for good old games. You guys remember we were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I scoured their website to find out what the hell GOG stood for. Couldn't find it. Well, Bill says. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. Yeah. GOG stands for good old games. They specialize in selling games that are so old. They need to be packaged with a DOS box in order to run. Right. Or unless you've been DOS, but I'm just. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) GOG does a good job by me. I've always been able to play games and I've picked up from them. They're very, very affordable. So. Thank you for weighing in on that uh, and letting us know, Bill. We'd love to hear from you. And if anybody else wants to email us, uh, we're at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. Love to hear your reactions or thoughts on the show or let us know what we got wrong. You can also tweet at us or uh, join our Facebook group at Earth Station Trek. We'd love to hear from you. Right on. All right. So we'll take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast shows. And then when we come back, we'll get into our discussion topic. So stay right there. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Hello. I am the monster of the Monster Sci-Fi Show. You may be confused, but I am the superior version of the monster. And not just some variant. Much like me, this podcast is burdened with glorious purpose. I'm here to say this podcast delivers timely sci-fi and pop culture news plus movie and TV commentary reviews. In the end, is this not simpler? Subscribe to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view, the Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network.
All right, and we're back with Lower Decks. Uh, this is the eighth episode of season two. I excrete us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. What a was title. A, yeah, I thought that was a, a cute sort of play on the iBorg thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I like this one. We, I finally got my Pandronian. Yep, we finally yes. got it. Yep. Yes. But before yes. that, before that, before anything even happened, before the first scene, we got another sexual content warning. Yep. <laughs> They weren't joking. Oh, boy, did we need it. I can't unsee what I saw today. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I missed that <laughs> warning. Yeah. I did, too, Alan. I didn't know. I'm just watching, and I was eating, and, <laughs> and, and uh, holy. And then the, the bear was like, like, fail, fail, fail. Yeah, you're right. Boy, did it earn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think of this one? I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes. I really enjoyed it. It was Loved super it. fun. Loved my, it. My favorite was Boimler and his determination to yes. get better scores at the game that he already won. <laughs> right. <laughs> get a not, not only score. is he the only one who can pass, but he's it's not good enough for him. Yes. He's got to keep doing it yeah. and keep doing it. But I, I thought that was perfectly in character for Boimler. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I did too. I'm I'm continuing to love how Boimler was really kind of just a silly comic. Re- well, you know, he's always been the comic relief, but I love what I saw today because you really saw some stuff in him because um, he had, like you said, 70 something percent. And he kept going. And I, I was really bummed that he didn't get to finish with 100 percent. But I understand why. Yeah. Yeah. I think that shows how how much he's grown, though, because, yeah. I mean, if Boimler in season one would have definitely done the same thing. But Boimler in season one would have said, uh, no, I'm going to get my high score. Thank you very much. This is going to look good on my records. Yeah. Yeah. And it's consistent with his character, too. Like uh, in last year, the episode, the Temporal Edict episode, when everyone else was failing to right. meet their time demands. And Boimler <laughs> was just whistling a happy song and, and getting his task right. done. I forgot you know? about that. Yeah, yeah. Certain things are just in his wheelhouse. And he's, he's ready for this Borg encounter. He seems to be having, he's really growing in his ability to do the things that I thought you know, Mariner was saying he didn't have, like his ability to fight and think and not panic. I mean, I know it was a, a simulation, but still, I was very impressed with that. And then hilarious, because then he goes back and he gets the Borg babies. And then it, just, <laughs> it was great. I love that the Borg babies were there. <laughs> I did too. That was the first, when they first showed him, I was like, man, they're really like paying attention to the details from the past episodes. Yes. And but then they, they kept playing on that, and I, I really loved it. <laughs> okay, I need to um, create some stuffed uh, dolls and turn them into Borg babies and sell them. So look for those. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. We can Borg baby dolls. Yeah. You know you need them. <laughs> Resistance is futile to not get wow, them. Wow, there you go. <laughs> there you it's go. like a built-in sales pitch. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Last week we were talking about how that that episode was so light on references. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, we were commenting that yeah, the show doesn't need the references, right? And then they went the exact opposite direction the next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, did they ever? <laughs> but I thought just like the the collector episode early in the season, they they came up with a way to they could just pack right. the show with references, and it makes sense in the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly Absolutely. right. Exactly. It's not extraneous. It's not shoehorned in. Yeah. It's. It's part of the narrative. Um, And I really enjoyed um, as the Pandronian was introducing the crew to their their uh, testing missions and introducing them to the hollow pods and everything. There's a list of the upcoming challenges that they're going to be facing. And it's all references to just random episodes and, you know, triple troubles. And, you know, (laughs) and you just want to see like every one of the ones that we saw them go into. You, you want to see something from all the other ones, too. Yeah. Yes. I kept pausing those screens mm-hmm. to try to read all the little 
references and a couple of things I noticed. Um, Ensign Barnes was doing pretty well on the on the uh, Save the Whales encounter. And she had uh-huh. mentioned uh, earlier in the season that she that she was going swimming with the girls from Cetacean Ops. Exactly. So I, I remember that. that was, yeah, I thought that's what a reference to within the show that makes sense. But obviously, yep. obviously a Star Trek four reference. Mm-hmm. But then they also gave Jen a last name. Um, I saw that, too. Yeah. And it's consistent with the, the Andorian naming from the Star Trek novels, the way that right. it's, uh, wow. it's like Shatharin or something like that. And I, right. I thought that was a, a great touch. Good pull, Charles. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, to your point, real quick, Alan. Some of the names you mentioned there was there was Triple Trouble, <laughs> from Q to Q, and then to your point, they lifted a couple straight out of the series. One of yep. the scenarios was Cause and Effect. One yes. of them was Evolution. One of them was Chain of Command. Yeah, Hero <laughs> Worship. <laughs> yes. Hero Worship. Yep. Carbon based units. And one of them. Well, we know one of them. The Naked. <laughs> naked Time was aptly titled. Yeah, well, yes. right, right. They, it really lived up to its title. <laughs> right. But, you know, back to at the very, very beginning of the show, when they were all standing on the ship after they had repaired the satellite again, and they were looking at that, whatever, the electrical discharge and the nebula in space. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was stunned at how beautiful that cartoon looks. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice looking and the music was great. And then, of course, the ship warps off. You know, they're sitting there. Going, oh, this Even Mariner was soft. And, you know, she wasn't her usual cynical self. She's like, yeah, you know, it's so good. Next, you know, <laughs> the ship warps away because they got to go meet the other. Then six hours later. <laughs> I love that scene, too, in Barnes that I'm receiving a distress call from the ship. They say they're in a, a, a time loop. I'm yeah. getting the same distress kick yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and again. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. And I like the argument they had when um, they were blaming base, like, oh, thanks for leaving us out there. And then the, I think the doctor says something like nothing like a, what was it? Something to the effect of nothing a little lung regeneration can't help. Cure lung regeneration. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty uh, serious. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then Ransom says, basically, what did they say? If you basically checked out your mag boots, we would have known you were out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like that's, that you need a better system than that. Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Clearly, it can't just rely on that. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So into some of the missions that each one of them mm-hmm. had to do, the simulations, yeah. um, we got uh, the, the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Yeah which was wonderful because it's the red backdrop yeah. and the, the flats and you can see the board that's holding up the, the flat of the building. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. It's the specter of the gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I missed, I missed the board holding up the building. You can see <laughs> it through great. one of the windows. It's so funny. And great. we got uh, the naked time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I started a rewatch of uh, the original series this mm-hmm. past week, and I just watched Naked Time two nights ago. So here I am just hoping beyond hope that Riley shows up in the <laughs> wow, simulation. Great. Because, I, I mean, I literally haven't watched, I mean, I don't, I haven't watched uh, a, a lot of the, like, there's a lot of episodes that I have gone back and watched, but I haven't watched them, like, from the beginning in order in a million years. And I forgot just how fantastic Riley is. Mm-hmm. Like, great. I just fell in love with him. He was such a great character. Yeah. yeah. So have it would have been, I mean, Riley's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it would have been nice to, to have seen his character or at <laughs> least hear the song. 
Right. That he was singing over the intercom yes. while yeah. she's doing her thing. They could have had one of the current characters singing. <laughs> exactly. That would have worked out. I'll take too. you home again, Kathleen. That's right. <laughs> yes. You know, to your point, Alan, they actually even lifted direct graffiti from that show. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love, love it. Mankind and Center Repent, which yeah. is the original show, which is yeah. great. <laughs> but of course, this show takes it to a much greater extreme <laughs> yes. than oh the 1960s yeah. episode ever would have thought to do. Yep. Or oh my the, God. <laughs> yeah. Or the TNG revisit where in that one right. data slept with Tasha, but they didn't show anything. And Picard and Crusher kind of flirted with each other. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly oh there are plenty of people on lower decks that are fully functional. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The dude on the bar. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what else is there to say about that one? And this yeah. is Mariner who's seen and done everything, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if, if Starfleet HR vets these simulations or not. Because I don't like... I don't think they did based on um <laughs> the ending. I don't I don't think they did. No. Yeah, there was just so much. My God, there was whips and collars and leashes and, and I think no clothes made, to be seen exactly. anywhere. That's true. Yes, and then there was a cat. Then the, there was a cat person, which I don't know if it was the doctor. Was that it the was? Yes, yeah. it was. Okay, it was the doctor. Okay. Oh yeah. Because she was hanging what? on shacks when exactly. they were you, trying to you escape. Know those two got a thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that uh, Andy Billups is just sitting on a table in the middle reading his pad? Yes, he was not participating. <laughs> yes, I did. I thought that was a brilliant inclusion. Awesome. Yeah, and then they, they referenced him also in the Mirror Universe version when yes. um, he was uh, super sexualized in that version, like the, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Only he had a, a beard instead of a mustache. Oh, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's that's super clever. Yeah, I, I and I like the Mirror Universe too. I like that they. Yes. They had basically the original series mirror universe costumes, but with the color scheme of the 24th century ships. Yeah. So like the captain's right. still in red and securities in gold. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought that it, I, the, 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 um, the mirror universe Cerritos was cool. And, and, and it being a simulation, you don't have to follow the continuity of what mm-hmm. the, the Terran empire hasn't fallen and so forth. It's because it's a simulation, you know, they can do whatever they want. I like it. Yep. When he said she saluted with the wrong hand. <laughs> that started the <this laughs> right. suspicion. <laughs> and he had his, his he had his agonizer. I guess everybody carries an agonizer. Yep. He had his agonizer on him. That was pretty funny. I also was. <laughs> yeah, good point. I thought also it's interesting what the computer called the fail because you remember she was wasn't she was just going to like take over the what was what was the thing she was going to take over the ship was that what it was? Yeah, I think and she the, was going to infiltrate the ship to like yeah. infiltrate the Terran Empire or. Right. Or, I don't remember what the wording was, but you know, typical yeah, mirror universe adventure. Typical, yep. And then, and then the computer beeps and starts taking, deducting points because that's not the scenario she needed to play, which was kind right. of funny. Kind of like also Alan back in the West Town, she was going to go a certain location. Because oh, wait a minute, she hits the force field immediately. So they're trying to figure out what's the computer's um, criteria for what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes parameters. Yeah, the parameters. Yeah, I thought that right. was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. And then is that the last one Mariner did or did Mariner have another one? I think that was the Nikaton her last one. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. But then go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, meanwhile, Rutherford. uh, That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Is on the Enterprise. It looks like the Enterprise to me. Yes. Um, You know, living through uh, the end of Wrath of Khan. (laughs) So in. On this show, we've gotten tons of references to the original series, mm-hmm. to the animated series, to TNG, and and of course Voyager with um, 
uh, Tom Paris. Paris. Is this right. our first major reference from the movies? Is there not one, Unless another one that I'm remembering? The movie episode, which was all movie reference. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is like a specific scene lifted. Yeah. I, I, I can't yeah. think of an. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 yeah. And I they, right. they certainly haven't recreated the interiors and the uniforms and everything before. Yeah. Right. Um, I remember her. There was that one time when they were in, early in season one where they were escorting the Klingon person and she was waking up and talking about. Yeah, she's talking about Wrath. She's quoting Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dream. True, true. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's certainly not to this extent, though. Yes. No. But it was so great it was to nice. see those uniforms again. Exactly. And the, exactly. And the interiors and everything. And uh, so Rutherford didn't have any gloves to open the door. Is that a failure <laughs> on his part? Or was that, you know, how she had rigged the simulation? I, so I think that's the rig. Yeah. You got to get into there with no gloves on. That's, yeah, that's the sabotage. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I can use my boots. <laughs> Even then, that was a no-win scenario because once he gets in there, he's going to die from the radiation. At least, well, no-win well he, yeah, he, he's got a radiation suit on. He just needs a, a hat and glove or a, <laughs> a headpiece and gloves, and he'd be all right. I think Spock would have made it if he had a radiation suit on. Right. Yeah. Good point. Right. Good point. There. And the and the 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 goal was to save the ship. Right. You don't have to come out alive because yeah. it's right. just a simulation. Yeah. Right. So, sure, certainly, sacrificing yourself to save a ship. Would have garnered you some points. Oh yeah, yeah. That reminds me of uh, there was an I forget the name of the episode, and I should remember there was a TNG episode. Remember the one when Deanna Troy was studying to get yep. promoted, and that was the scenario she had where she couldn't figure out what she was yep. supposed to do, and she mm-hmm. what she had to do. Spoilers, anybody hadn't seen it, and I even, I didn't name the episode, so hard to tell the spoilers. But basically, she had to tell Jordy to go in and, and die to save right. the ship. He had to go in a situation where he was going to cost his life. So this kind of reminded me of that. Also, you know, did you notice when the when they when they went to an exterior shot and the Enterprise blew up? Yeah, that was the perfect rendition of the Enterprise. Oh yeah, exactly perfect. right. It looked great. Yeah, it yeah. sure did. Uh, and it's with all the new shows and the movies and their slightly different takes on the Enterprise. It's been a long time since I've seen an original Enterprise. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's strange. You know, there hasn't been one like- on screen not as a hero ship since Star Trek Six. Right. 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 Yeah. right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and and meanwhile, um, Tendi is <laughs> learning oh some medical ethics with a Klingon. <laughs> I it's, love uh, it was hilarious that it was ethics, but yes, she was ethically required to kill him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I get it. Well, that's the episode yeah. title, Next Gen. Yeah. Yeah. It was ethics. Yep. Right. Uh, did you notice that the Klingon had horns on his feet? No. no, he had horns on his feet like they have on their boots, but he had horns on his feet. Uh, I'm trying weird. to think if we've ever seen a Klingon's feet before. We, we have. <laughs> and, and they kind of look like it looks like the head ridges. Well, he had horns uh, on his feet. Well, that's next, very weird. Yeah. Take a look next time you watch it. I will. <laughs> I miss that. I'll tell you what, they still probably look better than Flox's feet. Have you ever seen? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> dumb. I thought that was funny that he broke his back and I was expecting him to say in the cargo bay, just like Worf when the, when right. the basic, remember when the empty, the, we could tell the empty container fell on Worf yeah. and broke his back in yeah. the episode. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. And then, and then it was, it was funny when they were pronouncing him, they were like, Oh, he's gonna, gonna live. <laughs> right. Time of life. Time of life. <laughs> Time of life. <laughs> 900. Right. That was that awesome. Was, that was genuinely laugh out loud funny for me. I yeah. I thought that one was that one was hilarious. Yeah. So I guess now knowing what we know, were any else would any of those scenarios 
what normally would have been programmed by normal Starfleet people? I, I don't think so. I think that there'd be well, a way to win. But yeah. also, I mean, Starfleet has plenty of weird mind game tests that you can't win. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just I remember mean, that season one TNG episode. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Kobayashi Maru. Right. Yeah. I and mean, that, that's the that scene up. you were just talking about where she has to send Jordy to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 or that time that Captain Pike told that cadet that her husband was killed to see by the Tholians <laughs> <laughs> or, or he was under attack by the Tholians or whatever it was. Like, yeah, yeah Starfleet plays weird mind games on people. <laughs> <laughs> that's <a> good point. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that with Tindy was that was really funny. So what overall, what did y'all think of the one with um Boimler? With I thought board? it was great. I love yeah. seeing Boimler excel at it. And mm-hmm. I yep. you know, he, he can just attack it intellectually because he's not scared of it because it's not actually Borg. He knows he's in a simulation. Mm-hmm. So he's right. just doing all the captainly things that he knows he should do. I think if it was mm-hmm. real Borg, he would yeah. scream. Yes. <laughs> but um <laughs> well, and we did get a good Boimler scream because you can't have an episode without one. Yes. Right. <laughs> but and also I love- Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. We might be saying the same thing. You go ahead first. We did last time. I know. Um, <laughs> we got Alice Creek back. That's what I was going to say. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so after Jeffrey Combs, we, we now have Alice Creek back as, as the board queen, which I was yeah. really happy about because we've already seen in trailers that the board queen is coming back mm-hmm. in Picard season two, right. played by a different actress. Right. Yeah. So it's nice that they've made a way for Alice Creek to still be connected to that character. Yeah. So I was I was really pleased to see her. As soon as I heard her voice, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Alice Creek. It's the real board <laughs> queen. It's the real board queen." <laughs> yeah, because uh, what's her name? Susanna Thompson. Susanna Thompson. Uh huh. Susanna Thompson. She took over, and she did a good job too. She did. I, yeah, I, thought, I thought she was great. Yeah, I thought she mm-hmm. was good too. But it's hard to top that first contact board queen. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And I love she. She even blew on his <laughs> blew on his. Oh, yeah. on his that skin. was so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I loved those board scenes. I thought they were great. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know that the holodeck could assimilate you because he seemed pretty traumatized. Yeah, at the end. yeah he was. <laughs> true, true. So now I'm wondering too. Like, okay, so we know we know that if you if you disable the safeties in a holodeck, that you can get stabbed or shot or sure. or burned or whatever. And now I, he it seemed like he really got assimilated. Like, mm-hmm. could a warp core breach in the holodeck blow up the ship? Mm. <laughs> like, how, how realistic ah, can holodecks get? Good point. Yeah. That was always a that was always the little twitch like in the original series in the original the next generation with Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty yeah and, and and you know you remember that literally all Jordy said was create a character to beat data and somebody's like there's some crappy programming on the ship if the computer interpreted it like that too yeah your if point. you can accidentally create sentient life <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how it's gonna happen though yeah I right. thought that the little hollow pods were really cool. Yeah, yeah I like, definitely. I like that, that as a awesome. seat. It's a little strange for all of the senior staff to go in together and it's like you see like they'd be bumping into each other in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess holodecks are always been that way, but at least they usually seem a little bit bigger than that. They could be in four linked ones. I maybe. I mean, it looked like they're yeah. about to go in the same one. But well, that's true. Right. That's you true. Might be right. Uh, but I thought it was a cool conceit to have the little simulators and the little hollow pods. I thought that was mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, definitely. And I liked the role reversal. Yeah, I like and, seeing and, them have to go do the lower deck stuff. Right. And the lesson that everyone learned. Yeah. Which ended up not being the point of the exercise. <laughs> no. Yeah, which is great. What a way, what a way to twist the moral, oh, yeah. moral morality show on its ear. And I like when they were first talking, the tracks was saying that basically we're all equal. And Ransom goes, they sleep in a hallway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, and, yeah. and the replicators <laughs> will only make one slice of pizza at a time. <laughs> that is hilarious. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great when the senior staff originally they were like, "Oh, this is great. Why did we ever even bother trying to get promoted?" And they were like, "We can, I can hang out." And they were just gonna chill out and and goof off mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And and I I I tell you, I think everybody who has watched Star Trek. I mean, I just I laughed when they made them stack those crates when they stack those things, and the doctor's like, "What's that? And what is the shape? And you're supposed to you know, they were mad. Yeah, like, about, how are you supposed to stack this? Why are they shaped this way?" <laughs> Every time the ship got jostled and yeah, they all fall over. I love the the, the commander kept popping in, and yes! first he's like the Klingons, and then he pops in dressed like Robin Hood. He's like, "Have you seen Q?" And he's like, <laughs> the Jim Hadar Battle Station. Like, What's going on? <laughs> they're like we can help now you can yeah. go, go stack some crates I, I thought this was a fun episode it's uh it kept moving uh, it's it separated the crew usually you have them yeah. paired up in certain right. ways but they're all yeah, yeah. sort of on their own in the little adventures which was kind of cool it's funny that you it's an episode that has a pandronian and you use the word separated <laughs> <laughs> so we got our we got our pandronian finally yes. Shari i was so Gen thrilled Gim. yep 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 and and uh, the only the only thing about this show, really, the only thing is that the aliens tend to use modern day vernacular. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. just sound like humans. Yeah. You know, the Pandronian in the uh, animated series had a very particular voice. Mm-hmm. And this one, at least uh, sorry, <laughs> this this one, this one Pandronian, at least <laughs> used yes. the, at least use the uh, speech pattern of referring to herself as this one. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. But it, it was still a little I don't know. I mean, not that every Pandronian has to sound like the the one from, you know, the animated series. The only one we've ever seen. But even the Borg Queen was like, uh, we're going to assimilate you because that's kind of our thing. sometimes it might be a little too too much modern language for me well you know one thing i've noticed to your point alan is also a lot of aliens especially ones that shysters they sound like they're from new york or something (laughs) they always sound sound like it's jason alexander or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but marin will say things like what up girl and you never heard someone star trek say that in the 90s no i know i know but, you know, also, Alan, when you're saying about the unique voice of them, I'm not sure because I didn't look it up, but I assume that was James Duhon doing them. <laughs> the odds are good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. And he had a very special way of yeah. talking, this one. And yeah. so you're right. Yeah. You almost wish they could record his voice, kind of like Major Barrett will always be the computer to me. And to your point, you're right. I can think of so many characters that James Duhon did in the animated series. And you're right. I, I missed that voice. I hadn't yeah. thought about it that you said that. Yep. I'm still waiting for my episode to happen where they get sent back into the uh, original animated series timeline and yep. they're animated in a, um, what's it called? F- Funmation? Filmation? Filmation. Filmation. Yeah. I, I, Filmation. I, that's got to happen at some point. Yeah, it's got to. Uh, well, the, the 50th anniversary of the animated series will be in 2023. So Ooh, that's what I'm, that's what that's I'm hoping. True. All right. All right. I think- I could go with a filmation. They also did that horrible, horrible, horrible Ghostbusters series. I liked it, but I was like five. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking about the one that stole the The name. The one with the gorilla. Oh, God, yeah. And and no, that Ghostbusters came first. That live action version of that was in the 70s with Larry Storch and um, Bob Burns as the gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I digress, but... That's a cool concept to, to try to animate them in the style. Then they I mean they'd have to do my run. 
You know, the elbow <laughs> wow. the side. They can just get Keith to do the music for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but you know, we, one thing we said almost every week is I am sometimes stunned. This is this is less than a solid half hour. Yeah. Because they pack a lot into this show. I mean, I yeah. was, their, their storyboard and their writer's room must be amazing. Because it's like our point, you know, we're talking about all the callbacks and the Easter eggs and all that stuff. That takes a lot of writing to cram that stuff mm-hmm. into 28, oh, yeah. 25, 26 minutes. Well, Impressive. It's, it's funny that you bring that up because having mm-hmm. just uh, started a rewatch of the original series mm-hmm. um, and I've wa- I'm watching it in order which okay. I don't think I've ever really done because I came, I came into Trek in 82 with the movies and then I, I like got solidly on board with next generation. So mm-hmm. I picked up, you know, original series episodes here and there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't think I've ever actually watched it from the beginning in order. And what I'm noticing is that a, these are long episodes. They're, they're 15 minutes long. <laughs> Yes, but they seem even longer because there's no A story, B story, and sometimes a C story. It's one thing. There's no like, that. yeah, and and it's like there's nothing that breaks up the the pattern. And you know, I'm watching Mary, and like the first half of the episode, I'm like, holy cow, this is really good. I haven't seen this in like mm-hmm. thirty eight thousand years, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's just really good. And then by the halfway point, I'm like. My God, are they still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so really, I mean, Naked Time was the has been the most enjoyable one so far. How far in are you, Mary? Okay, so you're still. You're still <laughs> that was last night. Okay. Oh, there was one. Um, what What Man. are little girls made of? Would not play. Oh, really? on my Paramount Plus. Really? So I had to skip on to the next one. Uh, I was still watching Netflix. So this one, that, that's why I wanted to stay on Netflix. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now you rewatching it again, Alan, you remember why I've said multiple times, like the first half of the first season of, of original track is some of the best track I've ever seen to this day. Like, oh, I think really- the whole first season is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, there's some amazing episodes in yes. the first season, but, yeah. What, yeah. but the other thing, having only ever really watched the episodes out of order, just like whenever mm-hmm. I would catch one, is that it's funny to see how solid Janice Rand is for half a season, mm-hmm. and yeah. then she's flipping gone, yeah, right, like nowhere. That's yeah. amazing, and she was such a great character. Although in Mary, I do not see why the Captain's Yeoman was on the awaiting <laughs> like what was the point of that so she could all. say i've always tried to get you to look at my legs look at my legs <laughs> oh my god that was the that made me so angry god i yeah. hated that scene am i, I missing it. something but she's that, fantastic i love she her is. am i missing something have they have they given us a cameo of rand in the mm-hmm. okay oh no the last one we got was in voyager in the uh, 30th anniversary mm-hmm. right episode flashback yeah I'd love to see her come back and oh, definitely some shape, form, or fashion. Definitely, Admiral. Yeah, Admiral yeah. Rand. Yeah, and then and Gracely Whitney's not with us anymore. But you could do like Captain Shelby and just have Admiral Rand over right. in the corner somewhere, you know, talking to somebody. <laughs> you know, like see her across the room. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay with that. Maybe she's having tea with Riley. Yeah. <laughs> so this was episode eight. Is that two to go? Now? Yeah, we have we've got two, two to go. Two left. Man, this season has flown by. Yeah. Okay. It's so, and it's just such a fun show. 
It really is. Yeah. I'm really curious as what's coming up next week. And I know. I know. Are they going to do? Uh, are they going to do some kind of finale with a two-part episode? I would love to see them do a two-parter, like do a, like a cliffhanger with the bump, 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 yeah. bump. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Or or the final episode is an hour with a cliffhanger. I want an hour episode. Yeah. Yeah, we I can do that. That'd be. We could do I, that, I, and so like a season-ending cliffhanger, like yes, best of both worlds, part one. Yeah, but, That'd be yes. awesome. As long as the resolution is. Um, disappointing <laughs> because, because next year, and they solve it in the, the first resolutions five are usually disappointing <laughs> i mean in tng they almost always wrote the season ender and without any plan of what part two yes. was going to be yep. and then they would break for three months and then they would come back to the writer's room and they'd be like okay how are we going to solve that one what if he okay. after he said fire it didn't work okay <laughs> sounds good Hey, Charles, you just gave us a podcast topic from whenever we get back to doing podcasts. Okay. Well, that'll, doing ne- podcasts. that'll be oh, like do- pretty much never because <laughs> they're going to keep stuff. They've got to give exactly. us a break from new episodes at some point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got to get back to doing real topics. <laughs> right. <laughs> not just laughing at how great we think Lower Decks is. Yeah. <laughs> not that there's not validity in that. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? Um, Cosmicpress.com. K-O-Z-M-I-C press.com. Our uh, first novel written by new author Rebecca Mabry will be coming out very, very soon. Don't tell her, but I have advanced copies ordered. They should be here uh, later this week. I'm going to surprise her with them. Nice. Oh, I hope she's not listening to this podcast when it goes out. Um, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I'm excited because um, it's it's a great book. It's called The Mad King, and it's fantastic. So I'm super excited for people to read it. Awesome. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and primarily on the ESO network groups. Awesome. And then, Veronica, we're going to be live yeah. soon. Um, yeah. on October 23rd. Uh, really? If, if you happen to be in the Atlanta area, uh, the Village Theater, we're going to be p- appearing in the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show. Uh, we're putting really? together a, a routine for that. It's uh, an 18 up, 18 and up show. If you'd ever do a puppet slam, they're very adult. There's there's alcohol involved. And, uh, 15... and they throw candy at the audience. Well, that was pre-COVID. I don't know what they're going to do that Oh, now. that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. It's $15 cash to get in. Um, Check out the Village Theater or look up the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show in Atlanta. I wonder what they're going to what games they're going to do. I don't know. Because they used to do this like broom ride game. Oh, yeah. 10 p.m. I was looking for the time on here. Saturday, the October 23rd at 10 p.m. Village Theater in Atlanta. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. Do you have an outro for us, Veronica? Punch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But Wasn't hang that on. what she said? Didn't... Yeah. Isn't that you, her thing? Yeah, no. she said. Uh, she said, "Warp me, yes. warp me, warp me." Who had warp punch me. it? But, but Veronica didn't get to say feltnerdy.com. That's true. That's true. You can find so more of us can... at feltnerdy.com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now we can punch you. Wait, that came out. <laughs> <Don't punch> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time.
Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.